0: Hello, my name is Amy Doe, and you are listening to the Radio DePaul podcast. Welcome to episode 80, Written in the Stars. The recent rise in astrology's popularity is both noticeable and fascinating. This episode takes a deeper dive into the complicated and multifaceted world of analyzing the position of the stars and the planets. I had the chance to talk with three people about the various ways that they practice and how they view astrology's role
1: in a modern world. My name's Chloe Schneider. Um, I'm 24 years old, and I work as a talent agent in my
2: day-to-day life, and I do astrology on the side.
3: Yeah, um, I'm Jake, aka Jake's Astrology on Instagram. <laughs>
2: So my name is Cassandra, and my website is CassandraTindle.com, and I'm a full-time practicing astrologer um, in Australia, so if my accent sounds a bit weird, that's why.
0: (laughs) There is no one way to become an astrologer, and sometimes the line between amateur and professional is blurred. Establishing a professional practice seems to be a combination of exposure, and experience.
1: My grandma is a a famous astrologer and my mom also practiced so I've always um, interacted with astrology and had charts in my life.
3: With my Instagram account I started that up about a year a little bit more than a year ago I guess it got pretty successful and uh From that Instagram account, I also got a job being one of the main astrologers for Cosmopolitan digital media platform. And then I'm also writing horoscopes and stuff for the magazine now.
2: Yeah, I uh, teach astrology. I do consultations for people and help them with their birth charts. I also do a massive uh, amount of writing about astrology and traveling. The modern popular practice
0: of astrology in Western society seems to orient itself around something called a birth chart. A birth chart takes into account the exact date, the exact time, and the exact year you were born, and charts the location of various planets, moons, stars, comets, and asteroids in order to gauge a comprehensive picture of the cosmos at the exact time that you were born. This information can then be interpreted in multiple different ways for multiple different purposes. Although many people's impression of astrology is that it is some kind of fringe spiritual practice, some practitioners don't actually see it as a spiritual practice, instead viewing it as a tool for inner exploration, and that the location of objects in the sky does not necessarily cause things on Earth, but correlate with events that take place on Earth.
3: Yeah, I think that the planets, I don't think that they're anything special, you know? They're just big old hunks of rock out in space that we see from Earth. When a planet, like Mercury retrograde is a great example, it goes retrograde three times a year. When it goes retrograde, if you're tracking where Mercury is in the sky, you can look at it. Right now, it would be in front of the constellation of Pisces. And it would appear to be moving backwards through the constellation, not direct the motion of all the other planets. Um, And that's not because the planet is actually stopping and turning around and going backwards. It's because our perspective from Earth, it just kind of appears to be doing that. So that's one thing that I always like keep in mind and tell people, I'm like, Mercury's not going backwards for real, y'all. It's not doing anything. It's just kind of like we're looking at it and it appears to be moving differently than it normally does. So we can anticipate things that have to do with Mercury, AKA communication, travel technology to be acting differently.
1: So it's a form of divination, which um, divination is like a, I like to think of it as like a form of um, self-reflection that's objective and outside of yourself. And um, it's been around since, uh, oh my goodness, since like ancient times, it's one of the oldest forms. Cassandra, Chloe
0: and Jake have all noticed a huge uptick in astrology's popularity in recent years. They all cite different reasons for it, including social media's prominence, the age of the internet, but they also turned to the stars. Probably since
2: about 2017, it's just really exploded online. Um, it was sort of kind of growing over the years, but um, it's definitely just exponentially grown, particularly on the social media platforms in perhaps the last two years. So yeah, it's definitely... Uh, a little bit we're not this kind of like fringe of fringe subculture anymore we're starting to uh, become a lot more in you know dare i say quotation marks the mainstreams
3: i just think that astrology is becoming so mainstream now because people in our generation people who are like not like at the very very tail end of millennials, so people who are like 22 21 and younger We are the generation to first kind of be raised with full access to the internet, like at our fingertips, and we just, from birth, have been able to explore and learn as much as we want about whatever we want to do. People, I think, are kind of figuring out that traditional beliefs and traditional structures and hierarchies and governments and churches and all sorts of stuff like that, that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and been mainstream for hundreds and hundreds of years. They're kind of falling apart and people are saying that they're not as great as everybody else wants them to be. So we're taking it upon ourselves as younger people to seek out something that we can believe in 100% that we believe we can fit into 100% and something that we feel like works for us better. I think a lot of people are looking at it for like an alternative kind of spirituality. Uh, I personally don't view astrology as a spirituality or spiritual thing.
2: You know, we are in an astrological period or a transit right now that is repetitive of when this sort of stuff came to prominence last time. So basically in the 19th century, so around the sort of mid-1800s, uh, we had a transit uh, between Jupiter and Sagittarius.
3: A lot of the astrologers are like, okay, Jupiter's in Sagittarius, which whenever that happens, that's the year where spiritual interests are really, really big. And Jupiter's square Neptune and Pisces right now, which the last time that happened, was a hundred and fifty years ago or two hundred years ago
2: so that was when the height of the spiritualism movement in the Victorian ages really sort of came to prominence so you know, history does have a way of repeating itself and astrology has a like a language or a scaffolding how we can describe the nature of that time. So I guess to you know, astrologers, it, it's kind of, you know, like we're like, wow, this is like super cool. But at the same time, we're also kind of not surprised.
4: But yeah, and and I think just the way Cassandra describes um, astrology as being multifaceted as it is, I think that's why so many people are being intrigued into what it can be and what it can say about you or other people. I mean, people, I was at a party and somebody was reading my signs and I was like, okay. And I was like, this is weird. But I mean, I guess it is a common interest among a lot of people.
0: A jumping off point to have conversations that are deeper than just small talk, like because oh what's your sign and then I would say I don't know whatever I'm a Taurus and then we have all of these ideas of what being a Taurus means personality wise so I think inherently it is a way when in social situations to kind of break that ice and get past oh the weather sucks today you know
4: Mm mm-hmm It's a commonality among everybody. Everybody has a birth chart. Whether you agree with it or not, there is a sign assigned to when you were born. And apparently that says something about you.
2: And the essence of human nature, we're always drawn to the things that we don't know. We revel in the mystery and the power of of what could be. Um, And I think astrology kind of buys into a little bit of that. Um, It explains a little bit of that. Um, and it gives us this sort of essence of an individual relationship to the universe. Um, so it does sort of take out a, an intermediary, like for example, like a priest or pastor or rabbi or sheikh, whatever. It's our direct line to the cosmos
4: organized religion think about it what you will it is in in some aspects a form of self-reflection and thinking about yourself your decisions your actions how you should enact yourself in society and once you get like into a college campus and you sort of expand your modes of thought beyond the typical high school experience or whatever household you grew up in if if organized religion was forced upon you or introduced to you you think about religion in that psychological that spiritual aspect and to me at least astrology seems like like you said the stars are not aligned politically and you I think we now know especially in America with with uh, the Catholic Church there is a lot of politics involved in organized religion so who knows maybe astrology could be an alternative to that for people just an objective basis of this is who you are based on the greater span of things in the universe
3: we really want to learn and grow and expand our minds and kind of redefine our own beliefs about spirituality and kind of say, screw what everybody else thinks. We want to figure out the truth for ourselves. So with people like us, younger people who are getting on social media and looking up astrology and getting interested in it because it's something that's different and new um, and we're making it popular, I think that's a big reason why it's coming back because as our generation gets older and older and has more of a presence in the world our interests and our things that we want to push, and our agenda is going to be more noticed and it's being spread around more.
0: It's important to acknowledge now that this episode does not dive into the alternative ways of practicing astrology. Birth charts can be made for questions, not just people. The ways that different societies and different cultures interpret the same information can be vastly different
3: astrology goes way more in-depth than just horoscopes and birth charts you can um for example annabelle gatt is one of my really good friends she's an astrologer she is um a specialist in what's called horary astrology which is h-o-r-a-r-y and that is basically you ask a question and whenever you ask the question you make a birth chart for that moment in time so it's like a birth chart for your question almost and then using her techniques You take whatever the placements of the planets and the angles of the chart are and you can get an answer to your question. And it works for very specific questions too. Ancient astrologers use astrology to decide when to plant their seeds or go fishing or harvest their crops. People who practice ancient astrology today, they um, look at the points of different fixed stars in the heavens and can determine very, very specific events and outcomes for situations.
0: Although it can be easy to pretend that astrology has always been in the popular sphere, it's important to remember that it was not always this way. For the majority of modern times, people who practice and believe in astrology have been shunned as outsiders.
1: My whole life, it's basically been something that I didn't talk about with people because it wasn't popular um, and people really thought it was kind of evil and and or stupid. Um, and then I think public opinion started shifting about it and it became this thing that everyone started talking about, which was slightly frustrating for me and also uh I realized kind of exciting because it was something that I always kind of accepted as a part of my life and now other people were accepting it. Um, And I was like, oh, this is a cool like family tradition that I have that I could take part in and also make some money in um, and why not? So I started like reading books and um, kind of educating myself a little bit more about it. In
0: order to build a birth chart, right? You need the day you were born, and the time, the exact time that you were born. So everybody that has a CoStar account has entered that into an information into an app and definitely signed some kind of terms and conditions that lets them sell that data to whoever and wherever.
4: For some context, CoStar is an app that provides access to astrology and birth chart information through data that is provided by NASA and it is regarded as the most popular astrology app on the App Store. This app has been one of many media modes to help introduce astrology into the mainstream culture, with a birth chart reading being right in your palms to make this an accessible form of spirituality.
0: And also, it's an algorithm, like a mechanical code algorithm that's supposed to tell you how to introspect and how to go about your life. Different aspects of your personality that is calculated by putting these numbers through a very complex computer so what does that mean you know
4: yeah i i think went on the the topic of we were talking about divinity earlier and spirituality and uh, when tying that in with what I, at least i know astrology to be through these modes like the co-star app it's almost like when you think of practicing a religion it's just the rigid structure of it is so inherent to what people know the religion to be that challenging that just seems bizarre but then when you were talking about astrology it's like there are like you said algorithms and equations that really put everything down to a number and when you're talking about astrology the stars there it's right or wrong there is no opinion about or there should not be an opinion about okay well this is how it's structured you can't argue that it's structured any differently
3: I don't think COSTAR is going to be any kind of threat. I think that it's actually going to do great for helping astrologers get more business because you can download an app on your phone just for fun and then see how amazing and accurate it is. And then that's going to inspire a lot of people to A, pay an astrologer to teach them more or B, go learn more and then become an astrologer themselves.
1: I think CoStar is really cool. I don't have an Apple phone, so I don't personally use it. But a lot of my friends do, and it seems like it's uh, it seems like it's operating on a really cool level because it shows you your whole chart and it, it's interpreting it for you. Obviously, like anything like that, is working off
2: of um, a code, right? Anyone can learn to play a guitar, get a few chords under your belt, some shapes, for example. But what makes a fantastic musician like that speaks the language of music is practice. And it's sort of becoming at one or, you know, um, uh, like combined with the instrument. I think it's a little bit simplistic. I think it's
1: good. And I think it's kind of gives people an idea, but I, I don't think it replaces the idea of like seeing an astrologer.
0: Whenever I visit my grandma in Japan, I turn on the TV and they have the weather report. And then right after your weather report is your horoscope. Really? Yeah. Okay, so there's that lady standing there in like pencil skirt, blazer, it's probably some shade of heather gray. And she uses her little stylus to like point at the different parts of japan and explain to you the weather and then after the weather is done she'll kind of put her stylus down and then the cgi screen behind her will change to reflect the sign and it'll be like a little short little normal horoscope of like do something risky today it'll probably turn out great and then it'll have a lucky color
4: i mean to me that just that just seems like superstition yeah and that's but again, this is all this is all my personal beliefs on this. But clearly, it is big enough and important enough to a lot of people that they would include it on the news right next to the weather, which is integral to how people get to from point A to point B, how people plan out their day. Yeah. It's like, are people planning out their days with their horoscope like they are their weather?
0: I mean, sometimes my grandma will put on a green scarf because the horoscope tells her to. That's a yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's like so ingrained into... Culture, now, here, too. I mean, it's a far cry from, you know, ABC going, and now you're horoscope, but...
4: Color today, blue. (laughs) That's my lucky color.
0: Accessory, scrunchie. (laughs) But (laughs) it's, like, I see it only growing, and I see it only getting bigger and more and more integrated into the way that people socialize, into the way that other people understand themselves,
1: and it just raises a lot of questions. Personally, I was doing someone's chart, and um, I was... It's kind of a weird moment sometimes where you don't really know why you pick up on something because, like, it's not obvious, but I i was, like, kind of reading this person's chart, and I was like, oh, did do you have, like, a... Um, did you have, like, a stepfather that you had, like, a weird relationship with? And he, like... He, he just, like, his whole expression changed and, like, he started opening up a lot about his past and, like, what that relationship meant. And um, I think that was just a really valuable experience for both of us because I could tell that it wasn't something that he normally reflected on or let himself reflect on. And I was able to, like, create a, a kind of, a I think, a therapeutic moment for for him.
2: Every consultation i do for somebody i learn something new about how that can manifest um, and they come away with an experience of you know really being understood um, and finding their own place within this massive macrocosm that's really actually only very small but um, you know helps us find our own our own little unique drop within that massive ocean honestly
1: like I think divination
2: of any form is
1: useful, like, whether it's, like, tarot cards or like analyzing your dreams or like um even something that you make up like like you throw a bunch of items on the ground and you try to look at how they're relating to each other and determine something about yourself like i don't really think the truth of something in that case matters so much as your personal ability to self-reflect from an outside source i think that's like the valuable thing about any form of divination
0: At the end of the day, astrology is whatever you take it to be. For the spiritual, it's a way to find meaning and orient yourself in a vast and sometimes lonely universe. For the secular, it can be a fun jumping off point for conversations, or a way to just buy into it for a while and use it as a tool to introspect on the things that make you, you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Radio DePaul podcast. Huge thanks to Chloe Schneider, at Jake Astrology on Instagram, and Cassandra for the fantastic interviews. You can check out all of their links in the description of this episode. My name is Amy Doe.
4: My name is John Cotter.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye.